Welcome to the Mini Break Podcast, your daily roundup of the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Monday, May 27th, and I am your host, Max Rothman. And it is a lovely Memorial Day weekend. You know, it's been sunny and bright, although not not necessarily here in LA. We've got a little a little rain, uh, but I was in Palm Springs, got to do a little golfing. It was beautiful out there. And uh, Gruskin, as you probably know, is out at a wedding. Got a lot of weddings recently. Dalton's wedding, which we've talked about plenty, was great. Uh, I guess now is, I guess, the, the wedding season. So it's a fun time. Uh, but lots of good tennis going on. And of course, I've got to bring on a co-host. I don't want to do any more solo pods. I'm tired of that. Gruskin almost bailed on me for for one the other day. So, uh, but tired of doing these the solo pods. It's way more fun having a co-host. And I'm going to bring on the guy who is currently watching Hangover and has got the, the "What Do Tigers Dream Of" theme song stuck in my head right now. Uh, but that is recently promoted tennis channel. I don't know your title, but I'll let you explain in a second. Kale Hammond, what's going on, man? Welcome back to the Mini Break Podcast. Oh, nice. That was too kind. That was too <laughs> kind. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm a content editor there now, which is great. Um, there it because is. Basically, I have, I have, you know, I have the guy I report to, and we come up with ideas for stories, and we sort of get to do, you know, whatever we want. Um, all the all the hot news and all of the, um, you know, we get to dive in, and I get to now, you know, reach out to players and you know get get quotes from them, and it's just a blast. I'm having a blast, so it's it's really fun. Awesome. So thanks for having me. But talking about the weather. It was uh, rainy here in California, but in yeah. Oklahoma right now, they where I'm from, they are just getting just peppered oh, with tornadoes, tornadoes right? hundreds yeah. and hundreds of tornadoes. Yeah, going on all across the state. It's really scary um, and crazy flooding going there. There's a video of two runaway barges on the river that got swept away from the because of the current, and they combine they crashed into a dam. And, like, there was so much force going in that, like, this metal barge literally folded like a piece of tinfoil um, underneath the water and then into the dam. It was crazy scenes in Oklahoma, for sure. So thoughts go out to everyone back home. Yeah. Nuts. Seriously, well, I mean, hope hope the fam is all good that's there and no any friends. I I saw Jack Sock's Instagram story. He, you know, was in his bunker uh, you know, when it was going on and he, he seemed pretty relaxed about it all. Like he'd been through one or two of those. Um, uh, but he's probably got a nice basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he looked like he was uh nice and secure down there. So, uh, he, he didn't seem too worried, but yeah, definitely, you know, thoughts and, and, and prayers out to everyone who's affected by those. Um, guy, I seriously, I can't stop getting this theme song out of my head you know the the what do tigers dream of when they take a little tiger snooze i i I did a whole parody to that in like seventh grade for this uh i think it was like a student council election i was such a loser it's hilarious um all right well we've got lots of tennis to talk about today you know obviously the french open is now you know a little bit underway uh but we didn't get the chance to talk about Geneva or Lyon so we do want to talk about those before we talk about the first round matches uh, and just a, a quick reminder for you all if you didn't get a chance we did a full draw breakdown of the French Open uh, and you can find that on our mini break and on you know and, and while you're there you may as well check out the other podcast too we've got the Great Shot podcast the Cracked Interviews podcast and the What the Deuce podcast uh, so make sure to check all those out and, and check out the recaps to kind of get all your you know information as most of the first round for both the men and the women uh, has yet to be played. Uh, but with that, Kale, ready to talk, uh, talk some tennis? 
Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. That was a hell. That was a hell of an intro we had. We're four minutes in. We had to <laughs> talk a lick of tennis. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's 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 get to it. So starting with Geneva, you know, very interesting tournament. Zverev, who I actually didn't think was going to play, uh, you know, must have wanted to play this to to get some more reps under his belt, and he, you know, definitely got his reps and got his confidence going with a, a win over Nicola Jerry, six three three six seven six, and this was a there's thriller. no way it's pronounced Jerry. Did you just say that? Did Jar- you, just really... <laughs> you know, you got to know Spanish. You don't say the J. There's no hard J's, is there? <laughs> I, there are there are some J's. I think I believe it's pronounced Yari. Yeah, you know, you know us on this podcast. The whole name pronunciation. You know, it could be, it could be Jerry. I don't, I don't know his pronunciation, but you, you know, know just, the problem is, I've no heard commentators say different things, and, and that's the other thing that throws me off. Is like, I'm like, guys, someone's got to have the right one, and and I don't know who's got it. So, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google Translate this while you, while you break down that, while you break down that your initial thoughts. Awesome. Well, the beautiful thing is, I think the ATP Tour website um, has pronunciations although i just checked his thing and they don't so anyways i'll, I'll start breaking it down this is a thriller of a match this was as i said zverev won this six three three six seven six and you know there's some videos of uh and some highlights that show how intense it was you know these guys were going back and forth in a, in a really awesome tiebreaker and, and a good uh ending to this match you saw the guys you know with a very friendly embrace once it was all finished but Zverev, I think this was a crucial match for him just to have that confidence going into the first round of the French. And he did a lot of things right in this match. You know, hit the backhand down the line well, move Jerry around well, Jari, Jerry, Yari, whatever. Uh, you'll you'll get you'll get back to us in a second. Uh, but the thing that I liked, he served well and, and was moving. I think better than I, I'd seen him on on the clay in a little bit. And then for Jari, Jari, Yari, Jerry, I don't know. Um, <laughs> he, One he, of them. he played some really good tennis as well. And, and we're going to, you know, break down, uh, some of the Bovada betting lines later, but his, you know, his underdog line against Delpo dropped a ton after this match. And, and I think for good reason, the guy played some really good tennis. He served 68% of his first serves, winning 66% of them and saved a ton of break points. He, he had 12 break points. Uh, or Zverev had 12 break points against Jerry and Yari, Jari. No, I think uh, you got it right there just now. Here, hold on. Let me see. If oh. we, uh, Jerry. Can, Jerry. We, can we hear that? Jerry. Jerry. It sounds like a Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. Jerry. It's like Jerry, but Jerry. Jerry. Yeah, so I guess they do have a little bit of a hard J in there. Yeah. My bad. Sorry <laughs> all, about that. <laughs> all good, brother. All good. I, I know you're just looking out for me. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean – he played, you know, some some really good tennis in this match. You know, saving twelve break points is huge, uh, and, and Zverev, you know, also saved six of seven break points. I, I know you got to watch a lot of this match. You know what what did this mean for Zverev, and what does this mean for Jerry going into the French Open? It's huge for Zverev for the confidence going to the French Open. I mean, to to get on the board is huge. To get that title, to get that trophy, to go a week where no one beats you. Is huge for the confidence. Even if you don't beat that many good people, like honestly, who did he beat? He beat Golbis. He beat Hugo Delian, who's who's not bad. He's a good player. He's Delian's good been playing some bat. good tennis. Yeah, for sure. Um, he bonus. beat him in three sets. He was in danger of that match for sure. Yeah. Um, he was in danger of losing that one, and then all obviously against Del, he was um close one against Del Bonus too. But I mean, if you're playing Del Bonus in the semifinals of a of um <laughs> you know of of an ATP t- tournament, that's that's 
a good situation. And then Nico Jetty uh, is amazing, <laughs> and I love. He's one of my favorite players to watch because he reminds me so much of you know a slightly poor man's Delpo. The way he yeah. just, the way he just is solid, but at the same time, you know, at any given point, he can just crank a winner from anywhere on the court. Um, and he he plays with that, you know. So what if I miss attitude? I'm gonna absolutely rip the ball. Um, so this match was phenomenal from like a ball striking perspective because these guys are so, so skilled. I thought I thought Jerry was gonna win this match for sure. I mean he definitely had chances. He probably deserved to win this match, as Zverev said after when he was asked about it. You know in the in the, in the post tournament speech. Um, but yeah, I mean I love watching Yeti play and he he just rips the ball. So this was fun from a ball striking perspective. Well, look. Yeti's six six, and as you said, absolutely just rips the shit out of the ball. And he's sort of like Delpo too in that, like he's got a big serve, but it's not like for someone six six, like they could be dropping like heavier bombs. Yeah, they're not. Like, Delpo, it's not Delpo serves well. Don't get me wrong, but like six foot seven, basically, like, and he hits the ball that hard. Um, you know, he his serves definitely not his strength in his game. No, I agreed. It's something that I think he could, you know, potentially use more as a weapon, but doesn't. And I think it's going to be super interesting watching those two guys play in the first round, you know, similar game styles. Uh, that half motion just doesn't doesn't really work, does it? Like, you know, like, what, yeah. what, what Grand Slam champion in recent years has had, like, you know, the half, sort of the half motion on the serve? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> like, no one. Right. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, you got a beautiful serve. You, you probably feel strongly about this. Well, thank you. I, I mean, look, I, there, there's a few, a few things technically that I, I think was serves. I mean, my coach, when I grew up learning, he basically told me if you could keep your, you know, keep your rackets up, your racket up, kind of at, at the position where you know you have it in that K position, like a lot of coaches will tell you, you can get most of your power from right there. So you know, at, to a certain extent. You know, as long as you're going from that motion forward, I don't mind the the weird half motion jerkiness. Uh, but from a you know just kind of a fluidity and you know, you leave some MPHs on the table. Um, you think absolutely. so? And I had I had I oh you do that's where, that's I had I had chest you know chest pec minor shoulder problems in college, and a lot of matches doubles matches I would I would you know I would be in pain. Um, from my like motion, it was probably slightly flawed. I couldn't quite get it right, and I would go half motion, and you would lose. You would lose like you know five miles an hour for sure. Yeah. Uh, you, the consistency would go up because you're in that starting position every time. Um, you know your margins would tighten up a little bit, but but at the same time, you would um, you would lose some MPHs. I had a good match. I was doing the half serve one time, and we beat I think this kid Jack Murray and Ronnie Schneider in, in the <laughs> ACC doubles. Oh yeah, and and I served like I was doing half motion. I just went body every time and served like eighty five percent, and we just won because if you serve that well in doubles, you're gonna win. The UNC coach after just like smiled at me because he knew that wasn't my normal serve. He just sort of laughed at me, smiled at me, and said, "Good serving." And I was like, "Thanks, dude." <laughs> That's gotta feel good against against your rivals too. Yeah, he knew he knew I was sort of hurt and doing a different, totally different motion from what I've done three previous years. So he was just sort of smiling, and that was the one time that. That I, I I did it well. <laughs> well, I think regardless, Yeti's you know got a a fairly good serve. I, I agree. Yeah, I think too. To oh, he's got extent. a good serve. He he cranks it, but but I I think he leaves some some stuff on the table. But yeah, I mean this was this is a good this going to be a good matchup for for years to come for sure because both these guys their ability to crank it off the ground is is amazing. And one thing about Zverev that I'll say, but we're spending too much time. But 
there was a couple points where he would like hit a good shot and he would have the one to step in and rip and he would just sort of back up and you know roll the forehand in and that's not how Zverev's going to win grand slams so although he won the title you know I'm not sure if he won it playing the right way I think maybe his talent level was just so much better than everyone else in the tournament that he was going to win this tournament you know regardless of what level he brought yeah and I do want to move on from this match because we have some other tennis to talk about but I do think it's slightly concerning to go three sets with Delian, to go three sets with Delbonis, uh, you know, more more concerning for that match. And then, you know, Yeri, who played a good match to go three sets. I mean, I, this is a tournament where, like you said, where the level of play isn't as high, and especially compared to a French Open. You're you're hoping he's cruising a little bit more than, you know, three really tight three-setters where he probably could have lost. Um, so, you know, going into this French Open... Um, slightly concerned about you know what where he's gonna go and you know how successful he's gonna be I mean especially just the last few months have been kind of shaky for him uh but you know I still think good to get those reps under his belt good to get that confidence get the title uh and definitely well deserved but let's move on to the other tournament where we had a very kind of interesting final uh this is Lyon and this was a match where FAA uh, lost to Benoit Pair 6-4, 6-3. And, you know, FAA looked so good this the whole tournament, and I'm honestly kind of shocked. I, I know there's, you know, a, a little, I, I guess, He pulled out in. from the French Open, dude. He was hurt. Right. I mean, he pulled out of the French Open, and we'll get, you know, we'll get to that later. Um, but, you know, I guess he was hurt. Still, I... I I wish I could have seen him pull through this match because he he'd been playing such such good tennis. Yeah, he he's amazing. I mean, he's amazing. Just the way he hits the ball, the sound. I've said it a million times. The sound that comes off his racket <laughs> when he hits the ball is completely different. Um, only only a handful of players have a, a really been able to crack the ball and thump it like he can. It's amazing. Sitsipas being one of those players, by the way, the way he hits the ball, he can make it sound like that too. That kid's amazing. But we'll get to him later on. Um, but look, so this is all I'll say about this. I mean, honestly, like, Pear, is, Pear um, can play some fantastic tennis. He's won some titles. And Felix, you know, and, and he, he was clearly slightly hobbled, and he pulled out of the French Open. So, you know, when you've got that lingering injury in your mind, it's really tough tough to play. But also, I, I talked to Dennis Kudla one time about, about Benoit Pear because, you know, his results are just so all over the place. And they he's really just are. like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And then he stopped and he paused and he just looked at me and he's like, but he's nasty on clay. <laughs> and I was like, okay, good to know. Good to know. And, you know, he is nasty on clay. You know, he's really fast. He's really rangy. The forehand, he has more time and he can just roll it in. And he steps in and rips that backhand. He can rip his backhand through the court. He can do a lot. Of, and his feel is the main reason why he's so – his feel is, is pretty unparalleled. And, you know, some of the shots he hits are just jaw-dropping. So yeah. when he's on, you know, when he's on, he could he could kill anyone. I mean, look, his route to the to the title here in Lyon, he beats Mackey in three, he beats Pablo Cuevas in straights, he beats Chapo seven six in the third, beats a pretty hot Fritz four and two, and then he beats FAA four and three. I mean, that speaks for itself. That's a really good run, especially in an ATP two fifty. That's a great run uh, to it's the title. Run. And like you said, Kula the guy said it just best, hits. dude, he's nasty on clay. He is. He's nasty on clay. His drop shots. I mean, it, there's a plethora of drop shot highlights from Benoit just from the last from this tournament of him hitting like literally 
not not the ones where it bounces onto the other side and bounces back, but as close to it gets to that. I mean, Fritz laughed at one. He literally like just it was a joke how good it was. So yeah, yeah, because you can't do anything. Takes the racket out of your hand, you know, with his feel. It's pretty cool. Exactly, and you know, besides the fact that he you know pops his collar, I, I love everything about about. That's his... a good move. That's a good move. <laughs> no, you move. shut your mouth. You <laughs> shut your mouth. That's a good. That's a sick move, dude. There's I... a reason nobody else does it. He's the only one that can pull it off. It's yeah, unreal. I honestly just said that to to egg you on because I'm curious. I'm I, I'm always I'm always curious who's a fan of kind of that that kind of style. There was someone who tweeted uh, this week basically saying the only people that don't like Benoit are the ones who aren't who like can't beat him. Basically, like the guy's sick. The guy's good. He can do whatever he wants. Like you just don't like him because he's awesome, uh, which is true. People don't like him because he's a show off and he's sick and he's got better hands than everyone on tour. So, um, but this is a match. Just get to the tennis real quick because that is what we're here to talk about. FAA, you know, serves seventy one percent to Benoit's fifty one percent, but flip flop the how many points they won on those first serves. Benoit wins eighty percent to FAA's fifty nine, and you know this is. I know the injury is there, and so you can't talk too much more about the tennis, but you know. F.A. just wasn't quite there. Benoit looks strong. And Benoit, you know, who plays Marius Kopel <coughs> in this first round, has a, a likely second-round match against Medvedev. And Medvedev, who's been a little shaky, I mean, who knows? This could be an opportunity. Benoit could totally beat, beat Medvedev on clay. He could do exactly Agreed. what Kyrgios did to him, where Kyrgios just, you know, used his slice and used his feel and used his intermediate game. Uh, he's, he's He wasn't going to rip. Why would he rip with Medvedev? Why would you engage yourself in a single you know, cranking ground, deep ground stroke to deep ground stroke rally. The guy's money. You know, right. you have to mix it up. Bring him to the net. Come to the net. Drop shot him. Play high heavy. You know, just do weird stuff and take him out of his rhythm. Um, because then you give yourself an, a level playing field and an advantage if you have, you know, a superior feel, especially on this surface, where you can do a lot more stuff with the ball. Uh, absolutely. And, and look, I, I think that, Benoit, with the confidence he got from this tournament, like you said, could easily go a couple rounds. I mean, his third He's round He's a good match, bet, this French Open, for sure. He could um, be... But, he, you know, the oddsmakers are sort of on it, you know. He's playing really, really well, and they you know they know he's good on clay. They're, they know their stuff, so so you're not getting, like, tremendous odds um, on Benoit. No, but, no, you're not. But, look, the, the guy's got an opportunity here and open, you know, semi open draw. If he can get through Medvedev with Dimonauer as his other seed. Uh, but maybe this is a, a good place to transition into the French open discussion. Unless you have any more comments on Leon or no, Geneva. let's get going. Let's talk about the real deal. All right, let's do it. So there's a lot of, you know, awesome first round matches that I, you know, I wish we could hype, hype, hypothesize hypothesize jesus max uh hey great shot to me <laughs> west off th- throw me a little rewind there please <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there's there a lot of first round matches that we didn't you know get to talk about because we had the the boys recap the first round so we we will talk about you know just the first round matches that have been played so far and while there are a lot of awesome first round matches yet to be played uh you know we, we've got some that have already been pretty exciting. The first one I want to talk about, I think we got to start with the Nico Mahout over Chechenato. I mean, this is definitely an upset. Uh, you know, Mahout, who gets a wild card into this tournament, takes out Chechenato 2 6, 6 7, and then wins the next three 6 4, 6 2, 6 4. And, you know, Mahout played some really steady tennis, especially in that fifth set to pull it out. Really tight, 
you know, game at 3-3. I think they had like a 25-minute deuce game in that fifth set. You know, Kale, I know you got, again, you, you watch a lot of these matches. What did you see from both of them? What what allowed Mahout to win this match? And kind of what do you see as his odds against Cole Schreiber in the next round? Oh, he's not going to be. I don't think he's going to beat Phil Cole Schreiber. Um, what I saw was um, a combination of a couple things. I think some of it had to do with Chechenato. You know, getting tight because he's defending a ton of points. Um, a ton he, of points. He's going to drop a lot. He's going to drop to 40 from like 19, which is like, it could be worse. Yeah. Um, it could. Be, I thought it was going to be worse. It could be worse. You know, you never want to drop 20 spots in the rankings, but he's still high enough to get into everything. So so that's fine. Um, and uh, uh, Nikoma, who was in the zone. Dude, he's in the zone. Chechenato serving to stay in the match. Nico basically hits four return winners in a row. Game right. over. What? Sick. So <laughs> sick. <laughs> There's nothing else to say. Like, like in in the in crunch time, in the biggest moments, Nico hit four return winners off of Chechenato's serve. It's sick. It's awesome. It's what you dream about. Just getting in the zone and just cranking winners to win the match. It's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the the guy played. Cla- I mean, he hit. Mahut hit some forehands in this match that were just. He was taking rock. the ball off the bounce on clay. It was like that's sick. how in the zone he was. He was timing it so well. He's hitting the ball completely on the rise on clay, which is the hardest surface to hit the ball on the rise. And, and he was doing it effortlessly. It, it was awesome to see. I mean, yeah, just just looking with at a one-handed the... backhand. It's on clay. Is just it was it was awesome. It's, he wasn't going to take the wild card into the tournament. Um, he was going to give it up to someone who you know who needed it. He was going to not play. And I think last minute his family talked him into playing. His, his circle talked him into just playing. Hey, you got the wild card. Might as well play it. And that's sort of the attitude he played with. He sort of played like a person who wasn't going to play the French Open two weeks ago and then took took the wild card. You know, no pressure. That's awesome. Yeah, that's an awesome way to go. In the t- right, Like you said, no pressure can just kind of play freely and, and not worry about it. You know, looking at some of the stat, interesting stat, stat board from, from this match – yeah, you know, both guys serving, you know, fairly well. Nico Mahuda at fifty seven percent and uh Chechenato at sixty eight percent of their first serves. I mean, both guys had, you know, a pretty equal amount of second serve points won, a lot of net points won. Nico Mahut had ten break point opportunities to Chechenato's eleven. I mean, really tight match on, on the you know, on the stat board. I think it just came down to, like you said, Nico just with some really, really clutch tennis and, you know, sucks for Chechenata who's not going to be able to defend all those, all those semifinal points. Yeah, but he wasn't making it in the semifinals anyway. You know, those, no. some of those points were going to fall off. So whatever. No, no doubt good. about that. But as, as we said, Nico Mahu plays Cole Schreiber next round and uh, should be an interesting second round. Probably not what people were expecting. Definitely opens up the draw for Diego Schwartzman, who uh, was going to have to, you know, assuming he makes it through, uh, his, his second round match against Leonardo Meyer, Mayer, excuse me, he's gonna. That's gonna you know, be a tough match. Mayer, Mayer's good on clay, really good on clay, and he's playing pretty well. And you know, fellow Argentinian, it's that that's gonna be tough, tough. Yeah, to, but that that win over Fuchovic is really good. That's a physical match that you have to play. Anytime you go out on the court and you beat that guy, you you got to play. You know, you got to lock it in. You got to play tight, tight tennis. Um, no, no, not too many loose points because if you give him some confidence and give him. You know, some easy points, 
you know, you're in for a really, really long day at the office. And Schwartzman, you know, outlasted him. Credit to him. Guys playing sick, and that was, it was, it was impressive victory. That, that was a tough match. I mean, physically, Fuchovic is this humongous guy, super strong. He's built like Arnold Schwarzenegger, playing, <laughs> you know, the miniature Diego Schwartzman. Just like physically, you know, it's the little guy comes out on top. Good for him. Hell yeah! Well, that, that was a great. <clears throat> You know, transition into this match. This is a match that, as you said, you know, Schwartzman won six three three six seven six two six six two. You know, a little back and forth action there. You know, like you said, Fuchovic just you know, rips the ball, and uh, you know, Schwartzman. He was number one junior in the world too. You know, when I was growing up with Mitchell Frank and Dennis Kudla and uh, all those guys at College Park, he was number one in the world in juniors. He was the guy, right? And yep. and, and there's a reason, you know. He's out here balling still. Um, the, the, you know they played a, a tight match here, and you know the stat the stat lines kind of reflect that as well. I mean, you can't find a whole lot of difference between these two guys serving seventy two percent, sixty five percent. You know, each of them winning sixty two percent of their f- first serves. A few too many unforced errors for Fuchovic. Seventy four to his forty three winners versus Schwartzman forty seven unforced errors to thirty nine winners. You know, still negative. Uh, you know, on, on both of those, you never want to have more unforced errors than winners in a match. And and shout out to the French Open and Roland Garros website for having these stats. They're really, really awesome uh, stat lines here. But you know, like you said, this is an awesome opportunity for Schwartzman uh, with the the opening in the draw. Uh, you know, without Chechenato there to, you know, maybe make a little run? I don't know. Potentially? We'll yeah, see. no, Diego's a dark horse for sure. And, and we'll get into the, the betting lines there. But let's move on to two more matches that we want to talk about uh, before we move on to some of the women's matches as well, since I, I know you've got some takes there. The Dimitrov versus Tipsarovich match. Now, this is a match that I actually, I made a, you know, just a side bet with one of my buddies who I played tennis with. I told him, Look, the odds are, I think it was like plus 500 for Tipsarevich, like minus 700 for Dimitrov. Dimitrov has been playing like shit. He's like been, he's absolute shit. Yeah. And I literally told him, I was like, look, dude, he could lose this match. There, it, There's no part of me that would be surprised if Dimitrov lost this match. And I wake certainly up. certainly tried to. What was that? He certainly tried to. He gave it his best <laughs> shot. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, he did. And I wake up and I see this score and I just laughed. Like I'm totally happy losing that ten bucks to him. But this is a match that Dimitrov wins six three six zero. Keep that in mind six three six zero, and then loses the next two sets six three seven six before closing it out six four. It's the curse of the six zero set, man. You beat someone six zero, you got some you got some bad thoughts going in your head. We've you know, talked you about think, that curse. You, you think, think that's real? Yes, absolutely. I think it's real. I would honestly like it, you know. I I would for sure rather win a set six one than six zero, for sure. Yeah. Just because like when you win a set six zero, I mean the good players don't, and Nadal doesn't, Djokovic doesn't, but right. you know an idiot like me does. <laughs> Where, like, or like you Dimitrov six zero, you're thinking you're hot, shit, and then and then you know, and then also to talk about like the primal fear that your opponent plays with after losing a set six zero. Now you're in danger of getting double bageled. You know you're playing tenant. You're playing for your life at that point. You know you just gotta win <laughs> for your game. pride. You're playing. You're like no. Your focus turns to I just gotta get a game, 
and that's great. That's a great thing to focus on. You know, you just focus on playing the points hard as you can. Make sure you get that one game. And then that one game turns into more games and more games and more games. So you got to get that one. It's like it shifts your focus to the right thing. And if you win this at 6-0, it could shift your focus to the wrong thing. You know, trying to... Because you win 6-0, you like, okay, this is ridiculous. But at the same time, you, there are a, a little bit of nerves that go along um, with it. You know, if you know the guy you're playing is good. Right. I mean, look, Tipsarevich used to be a beast. The guy, you know, now is ranked 300 in the world. You know, lucky to have even gotten into this tournament. And, you know, hasn't had many good results, you know, this year. He actually, it's it's funny enough, he lost to, to Grigor in the Australian Open in the first round, 6 So they, you know, they went four sets there. So I guess there might have been, you know, a little bit of that mental game too, having played him in the last Grand Slam as well. But yeah, I think Dimitrov, man. I, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think this Chilish match could be two, three, and three. Yeah, it totally quick, could. But quick yeah, straight could, set match. But Dimitrov could play sick and win a set. You know, you know, you know, you just never know. You really never know with him. But it has been more bad than good lately. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, the only good thing about Dimitrov in this match: seventy winners to thirty unforced errors. That's a nice differential there. You know, the guy served pretty well too, with sixty-six percent of his first serve. So he's gonna have to do something similar to that to even, you know, take a yeah, set off the, of Chilich. The baby-fed uh, moniker is is officially gone. Oh yeah, <laughs> especially at least in the hear, results. I don't hear anyone calling him baby fed anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, at least in the results category. You know, the looks the looks are still kind of there, but yeah, the the results do, do not you know allow him to maintain that uh that nice nice you know <laughs> it's a nickname that people have given him. He crumbled under the weight of a dope nickname. You know, it's it's yeah. happened. You know, better men than than he have have also crumbled under the weight of a nickname such as that. Exactly. So he he faces Marin Cilic in the next round. Probably not going to go well. Cilic beat Fabiano three five and one in the previous round, and although he's been struggling, looked pretty good in that match. But I, I just have one other match that I want to talk about before looking at the women. And this was the Tsitsipas win over Martyrer 2-2-6. Two, two, and six. And I basically just wanted to bring this up because I, I think Tsitsipas looked really good in this match. He won 91% of his first serves, uh, which is nuts. I mean, that means you're just not in any service games if you're winning 91% of your first serves and serving 60% of them in. Um, but... I, I kind of just want to hear your thoughts on Tsitsipas for the French Open. After seeing that first-round match, are you confident of him going into this next match against Delian and, uh, you know, potentially having a, a third-round matchup with Tiafo? Uh Yeah. If if Tiafo first of all, if Tiafo wins his first match, we'll get, we got to talk get, about that one. Yeah, to get uh, through Kajinovic. Tsitsipas is, uh, is unbelievable. He is so good, and I so when you see him in person, you see like, oh wow, he's he's enormous. You know, he's probably he's listed at six four. He could, you know, in tennis shoes, he's easily six five. Oh yeah. So you got this six foot five guy who moves like a gazelle, just prancing around, and he hits. He just hits a huge ball, and he's able to hit his one hand and backhand really heavy too. Like he's able to rip it, and then it, it has so much spin on it that it falls down, it falls in, which is amazing. And you know his defensive ability is just is is his I think might right now his best skill. Uh, someone hits an amazing shot that you think they're going to be in control of the point or win the point, and he has the athleticism to not only get there but to do something cool and do something special with the ball, a lot like Federer and a lot like Djokovic. 
Um, the guy's unbelievable. The sky's the limit. And the guy, this guy's better than Zverev. So, either for sure. He's, yeah. He's a better tennis player than Zverev. So, short-lived Sasha's reign as the, the, the top uh, young gun because Tsitsipas is better than he is. Well, I think we could potentially see a Tsitsipas taking over the uh, the top-ranked spot over Zverev after this tournament, depending on how it goes. Uh, but we yeah, will get coming, in. He's coming in hot. And oh, he's, yeah. he's leads the tour in matches won this year. He's won – guys won 30 matches, not right. even at the second Grand Slam of the year. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The guy's going to win 80 matches this year? It's The guy's a f***ing joke. He's amazing. He's amazing. But I know you wanted to talk about – that Krajinovic and Tiafo match, and we will uh, when we get to the lines because there's an interesting line for that match. But really quickly, I just want to talk about the women's draw before we move on to the Movada lines. I think we just have to, of course, talk about the Kerber loss. Angelique Kerber, the five seed, loses to Potapova four and two. You know, I don't think many people were expecting this. Um, did you see this match? What 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 happened? Yeah, yeah. It, it's. I mean, look, Potapova played really well. You know, the best day of her life. Um, <laughs> no, she has the best day of her life today, and she right. takes out Kerber on her on Kerber's worst surface. Um, she couldn't Kerber couldn't get a foothold. You know, in the match, she was sort of just on her heels the whole time. The girl came out and played amazing. The the woman came out and played amazing. I gotta stop saying girls. I, my mom keeps telling me that she's like, you can't keep calling them girls on the podcast, kill. <laughs> <laughs> like, shit, I'm sorry. They're women. But she's an 18-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah, I knew. It's, Come it's on, she's 18. It. Hey, look, um, FAA and Tsitsipas, they're boys. <laughs> Dude, be careful with that. I called I called, I called. called some kids boys on the Tennis Channel timeline, and they're like, you can't do that. You got to delete that. And I was like, oh, my God. I Lord, guess the, we I live guess in it. We have the times these days. Yeah. Um, you know? And okay, and then Kerber, keep going about the Kerber match. I mean, it's her worst surface. She hits the ball so flat. The ball, if you hit a flat ball on clay, the ball slides into the dirt. It clumps up and it pops up. You know, the more yeah. effective shots are Especially like the Dominic. On this clay. I think the Dominic team heavy shots where you can hit over it. Then you're actually hitting a more effective shot with more pace. You know, if you flatten it out, it's gonna pop up. Unless you're Del Potro and you literally hit the ball through the actual earth itself, <laughs> then you're fine if you're Del Potro. But everyone else who hits the ball flat, you know, it, they're 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 not flat ball hitters aren't that good on clay. Yeah. Unless you're Agassi and you're dope and just disgusting and a legend. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't. Even but make but a nowadays with the technology um, and the strings and the spin. Uh, look how Nadal and team have been rewarded with the RPMs and they can, you know, generate. Right. And it makes such a difference, but yeah, I mean, huge, huge upset there. And, uh, you know, another player who I, I think hits pretty flat Sloan Stevens wins her match against doy three and six, you know, her, her flat ball seemed to carry her through there. Sloan hits a, Sloan hits a, it's a thick ball, dude. She hits a heavy forehand. I saw it is a heavy forehand. I saw her play up close and personal a lot in Charleston. She gets a lot of shape on the ball, and she hits it. She hits it really hard. Yeah, um, see, that's the thing is, I think she could use a little more height, a little more she air. She could her ball. hit it a little heavier, but I mean, she she hits her forehand he- heavier than most most of the women on tour. Uh, so watch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> She'll come after me, and she'd kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. She's she's funny. Uh, congrats on her engagement. A little shout out there. 
Good yeah. for you. We skipped over Federer. We got to talk about Federer real quick. I mean, Federer impressed oh, wow. in his return on clay. I mean, my goodness. Like, the guy, the guy. Not only that, this is what we need to talk about with Federer. Yeah, he won his first match. He beat Sinego. He's better than Sinego. Duh. Federer wins another first round Grand Slam. The sky is blue. But three days off for him is huge. It's like yeah. it's like he gets to skip an even, entire round. How does and now it even he plays happen? a guy that I haven't even not only have I not heard of Oscar Ote, I haven't even come close to hearing about <laughs> Oscar Ote. I have no idea who this is. This guy Lucky got in. Lucky loser beats yeah. Jaziri. He's ranked one forty four. He's twenty five years old. I mean Okay. Yeah. Have you heard of Oscar Ote? No, of course okay. not. And you cover challengers like it's your job. So I mean <laughs> This guy, Federer, what a turnaround for Federer. The guy gets three days off, so he's basically playing a new first round. Guy's going to be in the round of 32 without even sweating a drop. Sick. Yeah. All right. We can, Sick. We can, uh, we can move on. No, it Roger is, Federer, I mean, out. The three days off, it sucks for everyone else, but for Federer, I mean, that's huge. Sloan yeah. talked about it in her press conference today. Uh, the reporter asked, what are you going to do with, you know, you have 72 hours off. She's like, laugh. She's like, oh, my God. I don't even know what I'm going to do with myself. She's like, I, yeah, she honestly, said I'm gonna go she's like, honestly, I'm so confused with what's going on in this draw at the French Open. No, if you're a player, you don't want three days off unless you're Federer and you're in, you know, you're you're in the latter, latter, latter stages of your career. You're, you know, you're sort of at the end. If you don't want three days off, dude, you lose all your rhythm. Yeah. Like, what the hell? In what world do you play a match and then three days later you play your next match? Never happened. No. That's, that's never happened. So insanity. it's going to – I think we could potentially see – you know, who knows? We could potentially see some crazy second-round results um, in the matches where the players got three days off, you know, because it's, it's different. It's a, it's a variable. Right, and, and most of these guys that we're talking about right now are getting three days off. So, you know – I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see if there are any interesting you know results that you know, come. How bored? It. How much nervous energy you'd have three days before your next oh, match? God, it's a lot. Yeah, you're just chilling in Paris. You're probably gonna eat too too many you know crepes and too many too just too much food. Like I would just get fat in those three days. Be like, uh, I'm just gonna eat while I wait because that's what I do when I get bored. I eat because food is amazing. <laughs> All right, um, let's move on. Let's talk about, if, if you don't mind me, taking the reins on, you know, the, the uh, women's section. I watched a lot Please. of it today. Yeah, um, go for it. The women today played the, 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 sort of the bank, their last bank of matches came on a lot later than the men. The men finished up early for the most part today, so I watched a lot of, a lot of it today. Um, Svitolina over Williams. We yes. thought that was going to be, you know, the popcorn match of the day. Um, it was a beatdown. It was, it was, it was Svitolina played fantastic. Um and one thing I wanted to mention when I watched this match that I saw, um, they were they were on serve. Venus might have been up a break. You know, they were exchanging breaks. But Venus looked to be in control. And then she was serving for it up 40-30. And she had a complete and total sitter of a volley to close the game. Just insane. Like, like she makes this, you know, not 99 times out of 100. She makes this, you know, 499 times out of, out of 500. It's a sitter volley <laughs> for Venus. And she 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 boofed it. She missed it, and she started laughing afterwards. Just like laughter from like the moment she missed it to when she walked back to hit her next serve, she was like laughing and clearly thinking about the shot. Then she gets down break point, 
and she comes to the net, and then she misses another super easy backhand little drop volley that she had, pushes it wide, loses the game. Venus Williams is arguably, you know, the best net player in women's tennis. Yeah. Uh, next to probably Ash Barty at this point. Ash Barty's got the edge on her now, I would say. But she's probably one of the, you know, the top three best net players in, in the women's game. And this is just like for tennis players, if anyone's still listening after all of our talking, probably not. But... <laughs> If, like, the importance of just being so locked in and focused the entire time. Because in the beginning of a match, it's a game point, break point, and you miss one of your best shots on an easy opportunity. Shook. Twice. Like, that's going to be a tough match to win. Because the margins aren't that, are, are too small. You know, you can't get your best shot twice and miss it. Trying to, you know, close out and save the game. You know, it does bad things for your confidence. It's the importance of staying locked in and super focused from the beginning, um, you know, because she, she should have been up. She should have been up um, up a little bigger in that first set. Yeah, t- tough loss. I mean, good win for Svitolina to, you know, that, that's a tough first-round match to even have to play. And She was hitting her backhand a million miles an hour. She was ripping her backhand. It was impressive. She looked really good. Yeah, be, be scared of Svitolina in this tournament. Uh, you know, just a few other results. Going to read out Muguruza takes down Taylor Townsend five seven six two six two. You know, good win for good win for Muguruza there, and then Benchich with a nice win over Ponche one and four. Curious, I made a bet. It was plus. I think it was plus five thousand for Benchich to win the French. How unrealistic do you think that is right now? It's like that's a great bet. She's Hell been yeah. a giant killer all year. She has that's seven top ten wins this year. That's what Seven I'm thinking, top baby. ten wins. She's beat Naomi Osaka world number one twice. Yep. So yep. yeah, that's all I got to say. Yep. Well, a few other wins. Pliskova wins two and three. Very you know comfortable there. Martic wins one and two. You know comfortable there. So you know a lot more of the women's first round to be played tomorrow and, and I guess the next two days because I guess we're doing that now. Um, but definitely keep your eye out for, you know, Osaka, who has yet to play, as well as, you know, Madison Keys and, and Serena, you know, a lot of really good tennis that has yet to be played. But we said we were going to break down some of the Bovada lines, and there are some interesting ones. So let's quickly bring out the Bovada lines. Westoff, give us a little cha-ching sound effect, please. So I think there are a couple really interesting ones, and, and we started to talk about a few of them, you know, while we were discussing the men's draw. I want to f- go to the first one that we were discussing. That's the Krajinovic Tiafo line. They currently have Tiafo at plus 170, Krajinovic minus 215. I think they're wrong here. I think they really are wrong. It is, it is, it is, it is interesting for sure. It's the most interesting line of the day. But it just goes back, um, you know, to it, I was going to, I wrote this down when I was doing some notes about Krajinovic, sort of like a, if you know, you know with this guy. Like, yeah. if you've been around the tennis community uh, long enough um, and following, you know, the ITF and, and the juniors and whatnot, if you know, you know, this guy is unreal. Talent-wise, he, he, he's off the freaking charts. Um, this is a brutal first round for You're telling me he's a favorite France. against Tiafo? And Tiafo's seated, too, remember. So this is just a, it's right. just a brutal first round to get someone this talented. TFO could absolutely win, and I agree with you that the line is a little extreme um, in the favor of Krajinovic. You know, that's minus 215. You know, TFO had a great 
clay court season, I thought. He looked, yeah. he looked he was pretty impressive the whole time. He had some good wins. He had some nice moments. He played confident. But, you know, this just goes to show you, like, when I was at IMG, I was there. I've said that story a million times if you've heard the podcast <laughs> about how a coach told us over, if you want to see what a professional tennis player looks like, it's 14-year-old Krajinovic. And, and he looked like he 14-year-old Krajinovic. He was beating up. He was beating up pros um, at age 14. That's how talented this guy was. And, yeah, and then finally having success a lot later and then I know I was talking to another coach about you know finally you know him getting his groove and he's like it's about time isn't it and I was like yeah yes just like you know if you know you know like this guy's unreal at tennis uh so it's a brutal first round but I agree with you about that line I mean look the the guy has had a pretty good year he, he's ranked 60 currently he just won a challenger in Germany before this you know, he was in the finals of Budapest in ATP 250, lost to Berrettini in the final, you know, took out Chorich in that tournament, took out Air Bear, you know, has had some good results this year. He beat Vavrinka in Miami, uh, you know, makes the round of 16 at Indian Wells, beating Medvedev and Gofen. I mean, the guy is a beast, no doubt. Um, but if I'm putting my money down, which I will be, I will be betting on Tiafo. I think he's got the, he's got to win this match, especially coming in as a seed. I know he just barely got it after some you know withdrawals, but I think he's got to win this match. Yeah, I think if he wins this match, he's he's gonna have to do it with his fitness. Yep. Because um, from a ball striking perspective, you know, Krajinovic is the better ball striker. He really is. But we're forgetting one very important thing. Tiafo. Did you see that photo shoot he just had with GQ? You know how much swag he's oozing coming into this tournament? This guy's carrying some momentum, dude. The f***ing GQ Instagram feed went Leo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Will f***ing Smith, Francis Tiafo, Francis Tiafo, then Adrian Brody. That's so sick. How do you like that? He He got on the feed twice, surrounded by... You know, just a list of a list celebrities. And I mean, look, LeBron sent him a pair of shoes, dude. No way! How Lock did I miss that? Lock it in. To Ching. I mean, look, <laughs> nothing would make me happier than to see him come out in that bright yellow jumpsuit that he had on to play the French. That would be the funniest shit ever. That I I would die if that happened. But some of those outfits were heinous, like. Come on, GQ. You really? shut your mouth, dude. <laughs> what is? Why are you bringing so much negativity onto this podcast right now? I don't understand it. Oh, it's not even negativity. It was, everything it's just... about it was sick. You, you shouldn't. You shouldn't Look, do that. I'm just jealous oh, that I God. can't be on on that court with You're those salty. outfits. Taking yeah, this, this screams <laughs> jealousy. This screams jealousy. I won't. Ha- I'll have none of it. <laughs> All right, well, let, let's move on. I mean, look, Tiafo, they've had one, him and Krajanovic have had one match. Uh, this was Memphis indoor hard qualifying first round match. Uh, Krajanovic actually won this 2 6 6 1 6 4. So, uh, yeah, you do played, not want to you know, play Krajanovic on indoor hard court. No, so as I said, that makes sense. But uh, this yeah. is a really, really interesting line. Let's talk about a few others. Tomorrow we got a an early morning match, Chapo versus Struff, and they've got Struff as the the favorite here, minus one ninety. Another seeded underdog, Chapo at plus one fifty. I mean, Struff's been playing some really good tennis. I I don't want, ugh, 
I want to take Chapo and I want to bet on him, but I I know it's probably you the texted wrong me bet. earlier in the week. You said Struff over Chapo when the draws came out. You, that's like the first text you sent. I know, I know. And 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 are you so so? Are you like coming back around on it because like you no. see the lines? Like everyone and their mother is saying like Struff's gonna beat Chapo. Um, the only reason now I want to bet on Chapo is because I want him to do well. I want him to succeed. I think he. Deserves. That's not a good reason to put your money behind someone. I know. Just FYI, but, <laughs> you're not <laughs> wrong. But 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 I I think this sort of has a little fu edge to it because uh, Chapo is clearly on social media, and social media is is clearly on the the whole like oh this is like a lock for Struff like Struff's gonna win this match tough first round for Chapo, and and that if if Chapo gets that fu edge going on he's amazing. He just ha- hasn't had it for a while, so right. I think I think this is sort of has some reverse karma, you know, angle going on. Chapo seeing like you know people are sort of sort of writing him off, you know, and the lines are out there. You know, Chapo's definitely googling his name on Twitter and stuff and looking at everyone everything everyone says. So I think he's I think there's going to be a little a little factor in. I think he could come out and beat Struff. I'm sort of leaning Chapo at this point. You know, just because of the disrespect that he's been shown. Uh, look, I, I would love nothing more than to see Chapo come out with a little fire, you know, under his ass and, and get ready to, you know, come out there and, and because swing don't away. act like yeah, don't act like he can't hit Struve off the court. Oh, he absolutely can. But the thing is, Struve can also hit him off the court. It's gonna be, we're gonna see some heavy big tennis tomorrow. Yeah, the the biggest thing for Chapo, one hundred percent, is his return to serve. If he doesn't return well, it's gonna be you know it's gonna be a tight, nervy match. But if he gets his return in and you know finds his range, he's got that lefty too to sh- to Struis backhand. Don't forget. I mean, Struis backhand is actually pretty good. So never mind. Struis good, st- dude. He's good on clay. <laughs> Look, he beat he beat Pass a few weeks ago. The, the guy is is the a guy beast, has, so. serves huge. He's six five. He hits a humongous ball, um, and he's consistent. He's he's a t- and he's fit. He's tough out. He is. That's well, why he's 40 in the world. That's why he's 40 in the world and why he's a, you know, he's the favorite against Denis Shapovalov. He's a 24 seed. Pretty ridiculous. A few other lines before we wrap this up because I, I know you got to wake up and start covering the matches for tomorrow. Yeah, I got I to gotta go. <laughs> this, is, this is an interesting one. Dimenauer and Klon. Dimenauer minus 500. Klon plus 355. Dimenauer hasn't been playing good tennis recently. I, I don't know. This is a stretch. I mean, I still favorite Dimenauer, but Klon could be a sneaky, huge underdog here. Absolutely, he could be a sneaky good bet, but I've bet on Klon a few times, and dude, you just, it sucks, but you just never know about the back, man. Like, he's yeah. got a bad back. He's awesome, and he's such, he's a fantastic tennis player, and his lefty helicopter forehand is, is a marvel to behold, but Dude, he just puts so much torque on that back with his serve and his huge forehand, and then um, you, you got to go through dig dig through the results on this one and and see if 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 Klon is fully healthy, he could absolutely win this match. But he could. and Dominor has little to no confidence on clay, but I don't know how much confidence Klon's gonna have coming into this either because um, yeah, I haven't been seeing his name all that much recently. Right. Well, I, I, we could go on about this match, but I think there's two others that are more worth digging into. The two that I, that I want to – the first one that we have to talk about really quickly, Opelka and Garen. 
Opelka's plus 215 and Garen's minus 275. Now, granted, Garen has been playing fantastic tennis. With Opelka, you just never know, What's man. What's tennis? <laughs> Opelka doesn't play tennis. <laughs> <laughs> he just served out of a tree. He just, <laughs> he just takes the racket out of your hand. If you can get a break, you're you're, you're golden. That's but a, look, it's a, it, that that's a brutal first round for a guy who's is. playing this well coming into the French Open to get a match with little to no rhythm, um, and a guy as dangerous as Riley. You know that that's tough. It's gonna be tough. You you don't want to see his name next to yours in the draw. Um, but it is on clay, um, and and that's his surface. That's Garen's. That's Garen's turf. You know, but but. We've seen it with Isner. He can beat anyone on any given day. Yeah. And I, the I similarities know. between Opelka and Isner are, I don't need to go into how apparent they are. I mean, it is just, it is crazy. Yeah, it, it'll forever be his, uh, you know, what what he has to live up to and, and the shoes he's filling, I guess, which I, I don't think he wants to. But uh, la- last one, and this is interesting, Shardy versus Edmund. Shardy plus 115, Edmund minus 140. Edmund's trash, man. I'm sorry. There's no way. <laughs> Dude, there's no way he wins this match. Okay. Yeah. No, I agree. I when I was in IMG uh, over the off season in the winter, I was on court with with you know this kid Jay Clark, super super nice kid. Uh, we were doing like a little feature on up and young, young up and comers, and so we were around there, and I was on the practice court when Edmund and Clark were practicing, and the look on Edmund's face. You know, it just looked like his soul wasn't in it. It just looked like he just was not a happy camper, man. And and, and he had his knee all taped up. He was, you know, getting a ton of treatment on his knee. Look, he was hurt, man. And and, and when you're injured like that in tennis, it takes a long time to come back. And I don't think he's gotten it back yet. I think he will. But for now, I'm texting this to all the people. I was like, I don't like Charlie. I love Charlie tomorrow. He's been playing well. He's been playing some good tennis. Even though he got, he got, you know, he got uh, by emasculated Nadal. by Rafael Nadal. <laughs> but <laughs> but a few others have had that exact problem. So I don't know. Yeah, he's them. been playing some good tennis. Yeah. Well, look, there. I think this is a line. I, I'm, I'm, we're both obviously betting Shardy here, and, and I would love to see that happen. Uh, but there are, are a ton of other lines we could cover. Unfortunately, we don't have any more time. The last thing I, I want to hear your thoughts on, and, and I have a, a quick bit on uh, before we go, is just Nick Kyrgios. You know, we, we had a couple withdrawals, obviously. You know, we've talked about FAA, but Nick Kyrgios is the other one citing a, a stomach bug. I mean, the guy was seen in Wimbledon practicing with Andy Murray, basically saying, you know, F- the French Open, Wimbledon's way better. Um you think he really okay. was struggling with something going into this, or do you just not? Two thoughts play? on this: a, absolutely not. The guy's Babe Ruth called a shot, said he didn't want to play, didn't play. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> um, and then two things. More importantly, it looks like Curios is going full blast, gearing up for a Wimby title. Because huh. if he's going to win one, it's clearly going to be it's clearly going to be there. Yeah. You know? So. That's his yeah, surface. I think it's I think it's fantastic both ways. The guy didn't want to play. He said French Open sucked. I hate it. Like, how are you gonna show show your face there? You know, like after you talk so much in the tournament. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. He called a shot. Total Babe Ruth move. I think it's awesome. And then, I think it's it's fantastic that he it, he's going he's going all in on the grass. Awesome. I would love to if if Nick Kyrgios playing a Grand Slam final. You know how many people are going to tune into that? 
everyone. Exactly. Wait, it'd, wait it'd, to it'd see those ch- tennis phenomenal. channel ratings. So I love it. And if Federer, Federer skips the clay court season, why can't Kyrgios skip the skip the French Open? Who cares? He he clearly doesn't. Why should we care? If he doesn't care about it, why should we care about it? That's my thing. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that's a an outlier attitude there. I like it. I, I mean, look, if the guy doesn't want to try, I don't want to see him go there and not try. Uh, although I, I think people love to. I just kinda... love him because I was doing social media for the last six months, and he makes my job. He made my job so easy because you know <laughs> the stuff he did. You just posted it, with, and you could write a good caption. You could not, um, but anything he did, dude, was just wildfire on social media, and the numbers went up. So oh, I love him. He made well, me look good. Well, hopefully we can see him, you know, make a run of Wimbledon and, and actually make his little French Open stint worth it. And play doubles with Andy Murray. Well, I, is that for is that for sure? No, but looks like it. I it bet could. on it. And Murray Murray's, you know, questionable whether he's going to be playing singles, but you know, he he said he is interested in doubles, so that would be sick. That'd be fun to watch. I I, bet I hope people... the timing works out uh, with him, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be you know, yeah. all that ready to go. Maybe he'll play it, um, you know, just to get some matches under If he's at that point where he can, you know, just get some matches under his belt with zero expectations, you know, go out in the second, third round, first round probably even. So, yeah, you know, who knows? We'll see. I, I know that the ratings will be crazy if you get Kyrgios and, and Murray playing together. So that'd, that'd be fun to watch. But before this podcast gets over an hour, I am going to close this out here. Kayla, any final thoughts on the first round and, and looking forward? Ooh no, Cam Norrie at minus one sixty five against Benchetret. <laughs> uh, instead of playing Nick Curious, now you play an unnamed uh, guy who got in because of withdrawal. On Cam Norrie's only minus one sixty five. This is just such a good bet. It almost makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here. May- place that ASAP because that is you know that that's a lock. That's all. That's all we know. Yep. Who who is this? That's, that's my party thoughts, and then that's ben that's Trent. all I've got. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. Thanks so much for doing this. You crushed it as usual. Of course, as well. You know, I know you got to get up early in the morning to, you know, cover everything. So we're gonna let you go. Kale, appreciate it. And one last time, gotta of course thank our super producers Max Fleener and Daniel Westoff, who have a foot job editing as always. And uh, make sure again that you're checking out all of our platforms. We've got content coming to you. In all fashions, podcast, article, you know, we're, we're hoping to get some, you know, more interesting stuff out this week as well. And uh, so make sure you're checking out the website, crackrackets.com and all of our podcast platforms. But one last time for my fantastic co-host, Kale Hammond, for the entire team at Cracked Rackets, for myself, Max Rothman. Kale, what do we say? That's a break, my friend. That is a break. And we'll see you all tomorrow. <laughs>